0: what's up everybody this is joe vega and welcome to another flower shop secret podcast and today i'll be speaking with dr jeremy moretti on how you can leverage the psychology of pricing to boost sales and profits during the summer months let's go it's summertime in the floor industry which means plenty of opportunities to grow your business Our goal throughout this mini-series is to not only help you get through the season, but also gain valuable insights from professionals in the industry, our floral community, and our Lovingly team. Welcome to Flower Shop Secrets, Summer Survival, streaming now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more. So Dr. J is in the house. Could you introduce yourself, give us a little bit about your background and what your role is here at Lovingly?
1: So I am the chief of people and culture here at Lovingly, and my background is I am actually a neuropsychologist. So I have a PhD in neuropsychology, a postdoctorate in traumatic and acquired brain injury. Uh, So I have a pretty decent foundation of how the brain operates from birth through through your lifetime, through your lifespan. And what is your role here at Lovingly? As the Chief of People and Culture, I'm responsible for making sure that everybody here uh, is satisfied, is engaged, is happy and in doing so it's about understanding the function of the brain and its relationships to thoughts and emotions and how they translate into how we behave in the workplace. So I'm in charge of uh, the human resources aspect, Um, I'm in charge of learning and development Uh, as well as overall wellness and well-being.
0: So psychology, we were just talking before we got on air and we would just it's it's i know it's a bit of a surprise to you because i know you feel the same way but to me psychology is literally in everything psychology isn't how you do yoga psychology isn't how you buy products that's called behavioral economics that psychology is literally in everything so having you on uh finally having you on which we've been trying to get you on for for almost a year now even though you work here we still had to like you know make sure that uh that everything was, was um was good to go for you to come on board. But like the role of psychology, like a lot of people don't understand that. In your opinion, how does the psychology play a role in uh, basically everything we do, but what role can psychology play in the business world?
1: Right. So before I get to that, I think it's important to understand the difference also between psychology and neuropsychology. So this particular branch of psychology that I've been trained in is different than the traditional psychology, which is based on Um, which is theoretical in nature. And neuropsychology really helps us understand how the brain and behavior are connected using technology, evidence-based research, such as fMRIs and stuff like that, and spec scans, which looks at like the blood flow and the glucose levels in the brain. Um, But more specifically, um, psychology plays a role in the business world. What we know now is what we call business psychology, or also referred to as organizational psychology. It's an applied science that combines both the science of human psychology and practical business application and focuses on human behavior in order for um, leaders in that organization to evaluate how an organization and its employees can really implement strategies to increase engagement, um, productivity, as well as drive profits.
0: There you go, bingo! You just hit the the keyword there. Profit. So, how does psychology play a role? You know, uh, what could you tell us in terms of what goes through a, a customer's brain when they're looking at prices of so flower shops, for example, of, of flower shops of, of floral arrangements?
1: Yeah, That's why it should force uh, be conscious of this? Because each of us as humans already apply psychology every day in making decisions, right? For example. Um, You may be familiar with the mere exposure effects, which means that when individuals um, are exposed to a stimulus or a product in this case more often, um, they're more likely to prefer that stimulus or product. So businesses like florists um, would benefit from this by wanting to get their advertisements in front of your eyes as much as possible so that you can build familiarity and trust with that product or brand. And we also use psychology to increase our confidence, our self-esteem. We use psychology to find motivation. Um, For example, like when you're trying to lose weight, we use small plates instead of uh, large plates so that we eat less, right? We use psychology when we're reading people's body language as an impression of how we're being perceived. But more specifically, I think florists can really implement Um, a a distinct business psychology strategy when they can um, reap the benefits of uh, which include improved productivity, um, stronger team building. So this would be more of kind of the business aspect, Mm -hmm. Um, knowing how to motivate people, having the ability to be more efficient during conflict management and not mention higher uh, employee satisfaction. Now, on the artistic side, of of a florist it also helps florists with design products right it makes uh it it helps them make sense of how the consumer's thought processes are and their purchasing choices so what are they thinking what are their emotions so that they can better understand the gifter the person the consumer giving the gift as they make decisions on what flowers to purchase
0: but just in terms of of pricing um what is the the psychology of pricing in, in your eyes
1: Well, I I think Warren Buffett said it best when he says that valuing a business is part art as well as part science. And it's important for Forrest is that that they as artists and as business owners, they would benefit from understanding the science behind psychology of pricing. So in essence, the psychology of pricing uh, is a strategy that that all companies are really using that taps into the subconscious and influences our purchasing decisions. So it's about understanding perception and behavior. Um, And this is great for florists to know about uh, how their consumers are feelings. We talked a little bit about that earlier about their emotions and how those feelings affect their behavior and eventually purchasing decisions, right? Um, And the research and evidence shows that consumers will read and or treat a slightly lower price as a better value than than what the price really actually is. And, And we do this by um, those four uh, pricing strategies that um, we'll, we'll be talking about.
0: Cool. So one of the pricing strategies, one out of the four that we want to focus on today was choosing numbers with less syllables. Tell us yes. why exactly that's important.
1: The simple answer is, is that our brains operate with efficiency and purpose, right? Our right. brains are the central system and it wants to operate with the least amount of resources. So after all, right, it's, it's our control center. So Everything we do from a cognitive task to regulating emotions, to performing physical activities, it wants to do it optimally. So it must work as succinctly as possible. So using fewer symbol or syllables rather is attractive to the brain because it uses less resources. It has to extract less resources like glucose, as I mentioned earlier, uh, glutamate, which is a simple sugar, the fuel for our brain in order to decode a number. I actually have a little brain teaser that I would like to share with you. Sure. To to kind of illustrate my point in how our brains minimize the complexity of things and wanna work simply. So why don't I go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and share my screen. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pop this up. You may have seen this before, Joe, um, but I'm not gonna preface anything. What I want you to do the moment I pop it up is I just want you to read it. Don't think about it, don't analyze it, just read it. Okay? okay? Let's do it. All right. Go ahead and read it.
0: I couldn't believe that I I would act I could actually understand what I was reading. The phenomenal power of the human mind according to the research team at Cambridge University, it doesn't matter in what order the letters are in or wrong, or whatever. The only important thing is that the first and last letter in the are in the right place. The The test can be uh, something masses and you can still read it through without a problem. This is because the human mind does not read very every letter by itself, but the word as a whole. Such a condition is appropriate called tiglo whatever. I'm not (laughs) gonna pronounce it (laughs) typoglyphsemia. Amazing, huh? Yeah, and you always thought sleeping was important.
1: Is that right? I think I got most of those reading, 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 yeah. So, so that goes to show you, you did really well. You'd never seen that before. And, and basically what it's, it's proving here is that the brain, it was, the words were jumbled up, right? They right. were out of order and you were trying to make sense of it, but you didn't, you read through it and you nailed all the words. If you right. sat and, and tried to be logical about it and read it with every word, you wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. But that's right. how powerful the brain is. So when it comes to the psychology of pricing, we do the same things with numbers. We, we take a shortcut. We want simple things. But in terms of syllables, we want to minimize the amount of syllables because that's less effort on the brain.
0: It sounds like uh, heuristics are important. Absolutely, um, It feels like your autopilot, your system one, right? So you have your system one, system two. System one is your autopilot. System two is your pilot. Your, your system one is fast and efficient. And it works without you actually thinking, right? Your your pilot or your system two is the one who's actually like, if you need to really think about a, a something, that's that's what system two comes in. What you're saying is, we're operating mostly on system one to the point where we can read a bunch of gibberish words, but still, system one is able to recognize those words because the first and last letter of the word should be is enough to trigger memory of what that word could be, and therefore proving that, you know, the system one is the one that's doing all the work.
1: Exactly. It's hardwired in us. And we've been using system one since the, the beginning of mankind. And so um, that is definitely something that we're tapping into today. And we're discussing that, that we need to realize that, that as human beings, we're hardwired to, to think this way and be this way and act this way. And so why not utilize that when it comes to pricing?
0: So the, the main lesson here is to use uh, uh, less syllables as possible when pricing uh, uh, an arrangement.
1: Absolutely. Using the, the least amount of resources that the brain has to work at trying to decipher and decode. That's, you're absolutely right.
0: So it sounds like you want to be able to reduce the cognitive load uh, to the point where it's going to seem easier, but even the user is not even going to understand why it's easier. It's just going to be easier because you're, you're reducing the cognitive load.
1: Exactly correct.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Let's move on to the next one. What is price anchoring?
1: So price anchoring is interesting. It's, it's related to the unconscious bias. So it's, it's basically about, um, which is, which is an implicit bias or prejudice in favor against something else. Right. Right. So when you have a, a car, let's say, um, that's valued at $5,000, you know, or we'll say $25,000 because nothing's $5,000 nowadays. So an average car, a Honda, let's say, but then you have next to it, a Bentley that's like 250,000. Well then automatically that $25,000 doesn't seem that expensive. So that $250,000 Bentley is anchoring, uh, is acting as an anchor to the 25,000. So people think that that Twenty five thousand is not that much.
0: So there's an old saying saying that uh, the best way to sell a two thousand dollar watch is to put it to a next to a ten thousand dollar watch.
1: There you go. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. So how can florists use this particular strategy to make their prices more attractive? What you're saying is purposely uh, make an arrangement so expensive that is going to help the arrangement that you're trying to actually sell uh, by mirroring, putting, just putting it right next to it or either online or offline.
1: Absolutely. I think, and that's the visual part of it, right? So we're also visual in uh, in nature. So having it next to it and having it more appealing and, you know, there's more value to it, but then also having the other one, that's also just as much value, but at a lower price. So absolutely having them next to each other.
0: Once you start learning these things, you start seeing them everywhere. It's like taking the red pill from the matrix, right?
1: <laughs> it's hard to com- combat or compete against the uh, the system one.
0: Usually, when you're aware of something, it helps you sort of dance around it or navigate those waters. But there are some things that just are so inherent to how you yourself work that even when you recognize it, you're still like, I uh, can't help myself.
1: <laughs> exactly. And exactly. Cool. Fun part about being human.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So what is the uh, next one?
1: Term pricing. So this is often referred to as left digit effect, and it's primarily used with odd numbers. That's the foundation of term pricing. So, and the brain reacts to this, uh, to the difference. Um, our brains process numbers and letters for that matter, very quickly. Like you just saw, right? When you, when you did that exercise, you read something, it was very quick. It processes it very quickly, making really quick snaps capricious judgments about prices and values without conscious awareness. So going back to that system one versus system two idea. For example, um, uh, perceived loss, let's say. So consumers value a product based on loss rather than a gain. So, and since most consumers in the Western world read a price from left to right, they're more likely to latch onto that first number they see as an anchor point, right? So this means that something that's $699 can feel like significantly less than something that's $700 from that first impression, even though there's just a dollar difference. Now, the opposite point of that is what we call perceived gain. So that's that's the opposite of perceived loss. And it could also be true. And the consumer can use charm pricing as a way to feel like they've saved money. So the higher rounded price serves as an anchor point that's seven hundred dollars, while the lower represents a savings, that's 69, which means that you save a dollar, right? right? So this follows that theory of that 99 cent pricing ending or prices ending in 99 cents. right. And it triggers that sale, you know, in your brain and cues the customer. Um, who might believe that the price is discounted?
0: It looks like you can use this for uh, both sides of the spectrum, right? For if you want to provide uh, customers with uh, arrangements that are going to be discounted, you want to be able to use charm pricing to lower the left digit by one and make it, you know, sixty nine ninety nine as opposed to seventy dollars, right? Exactly. Um, but the opposite effect is true. If you want to sell a, a high uh, end item. Um, what you want to do is actually make it, instead of making it, uh, um, $199, you make it $200, right? Cause that makes it feel like, like a whole number. It's more, right?
1: Yeah. like they've Is saved- that, is that the goal? Yeah. Like they've saved there. There's a savings there. Right. So that's, that's what we call perceived gain versus perceived loss. So,
0: and yeah. there's also in terms of charm pricing, there's also uh, a theory out there that, um, you want to be able to remove scents from emotional purchases, right? I, I can't think of more emotional purchases than flowers, right? So right. It, this one hits home for us right here. Uh, that's one of the reasons on Lovelyly.com we actually have a full, full pricing. So instead of something uh, costing you know, $69.99, it just costs $69. So not using scents would uh, help us a lot and help the flower shop actually sell more because it is an emotional purchase,
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Removing the sense from emotional purchases yes. uh, instead of using sense.
1: Right.
0: And plus what you want to try to do is you want to try to be able to match the emotional state of the user and the emotional state of the user or the customer at that time is basically like very emotional. They're not thinking numbers. They're thinking, oh, right. I hope, are they going to like this? How, I don't know what to say. Like it's all emotion, right? Yeah. So the, so the less cognitive low we put on them and one of those is. By processing, remember your system one is going to have to process 1986 instead of just saying $19.
1: Right. So, you, and I think you, the other point to that too is when you see it written out, you want to eliminate commas and periods as well. Right. Because that also adds to what you just referred to as cognitive load. So,
0: exactly. That's yeah. why I like the dollar sign with like one line at the bottom. Yeah. Even though it's the same price, two, if you see the right. dollar sign with two, it just seems more expensive. It does. Why is that? <laughs> right.
1: So cognitive load, yeah,
0: yeah, it's cognitive. It's the same. It's just a symbol. So, hey, psychology could be fun. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: Cool. Awesome. Last but not least, so Jeremy, why are whole numbers effective when pricing premium products?
1: I think the the simple answer is because of value. Okay. You don't necessarily want to devalue something that you consider premium, right? So consumers will believe that a whole number actually holds a higher quality. It's a little bit more uh, premium in this case, and, and they value that product and or that brand.
0: Okay, and how, how do you see all of these uh, these four tactics working together?
1: You know, when I think of this, I think of, of an orchestra. Each instrument, in, in or in this case, pricing strategy, works really well alone. Sounds great, right? A guitarist, a harpist, a cellist, whatever. It sounds wonderful, but when you put it all together, it actually works and sounds a lot better. Now there's harmony and there's systems here. And it really it's really appealing to the ear. So with pricing, it's, it's the same thing. They all work really, really, really well together since you began uh, your career uh, and started the company. How did you know to real, how did you come to realize that and, and how do you use pricing, these pricing strategies all together? And did you use them separately? first before you realize the combination was much stronger i was doing these
0: sort of things on the website in 2010 after i read a book called predictably irrational by uh dr not dr by uh, dan Ariely, He's a duke professor he wrote a book on uh this behavioral economics mm-hmm. and i could give you an example you know when you're on a product page of a flower shop there's deluxe premium the standard deluxe or premium our default was always uh, standard that was the default all the time uh that's why everybody else did so that's what we did right that's what we thought was right after we read the book there were there were a lot of um, techniques there that i learned that said okay well you know what people want to like be in the middle right so we had standard deluxe and premium and the 23 percent of all of our purchases are actually upgraded to either deluxe or premium before we made the change after we made this particular change uh, 48% of people actually upgraded their products. And all we did was make the the deluxe, the middle one, the, sta- the default one. So just by making that change so that people don't have to downgrade instead of choosing to upgrade twice, it made a huge, huge difference for our shops. And they get to uh, uh, rip the benefits from that.
1: So it works. You have You have anecdotal evidence that it actually does work
0: it's anecdotal evidence but we've processed millions of orders like i'm pretty confident this says that it's it's pretty good and that's the thing a lot of times you have to sort of trial and error you know maybe something doesn't work in your arena in your environment you know Uh, but overall it pretty much works across the board you just have to tweak it here and there um there have been plenty of other techniques that we've or tactics that we've used from that we've borrowed from behavioral economics uh, to make sure that we build the best products possible for our, for our shops. So all of these little things, you know, psychology here, psychology there, optimization here, optimization there, that leads to, you know, our shops getting the orders that they get. And it's a win, win, win for, for all of us.
1: That's wonderful.
0: So, how can florists begin to implement these strategies because you know we do what we can online on the website. ultimately, the flower shops have control of their pricing. we don't get involved in what the flowers should cost that's their business. they set it. so how can florists begin to implement these strategies on their own?
1: I think it's important for when you're when you're approaching any kind of um, new segment or new business decision, I think it's important to do it in a stepwise process. So with, for instance, with, with these uh, tactics or these strategies, trying them out, doing one at a time separately, like we just described, and then trying it out on a product or during a a specific time of the year for a holiday and, and taking some, some baseline uh, data and, and determining what's working and what's not. Um, and then trying it also on, um, on friends and family, see if it's working on them first, you know, you don't always have to, to target the consumer when you're, when you're trying to, um, do these, uh, experiments, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's important to do one or two, see how it works, put them together, do one or two together, then do three and then maybe four, um, for different occasions throughout the year. Great. Thank you so much. Jeremy, this was fun. Oh, thank you for having me. I love, you know, being able to share my knowledge and uh, for other people to learn about it and utilize that. So I think it's wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: Great. Thank you so much. We want to help your business bloom. Follow for more episodes of Flower Shop Secrets streaming now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more.